I have many, many friends in Bolivia. One of them is Bebeto Mamani, so this week we should maybe taste his coffee. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So as I said, Tadasio is one of my friends in Bolivia and I first met Tadasio on my first visit to Bolivia in 2012. Oh my, no, start that again, sorry. So I said Tadasio is one of my friends and he truly is. I first met Tadasio on one of my visits back in 2012. Long story short, he's an amazing guy. Uh, there's a photo kicking around where he had a Chelsea shirt on the first time I met him. Uh, and then we started talking football because that's what I do wherever I go. Um, and I told him I wasn't happy about the Chelsea shirt because, you know, it's not really my team. Um, but he said that the local team in blue played in blue. But I managed to convince him that he really needed a shirt from a proper team with proper fans. Um, so he has a Sunderland shirt. So there's this weird photo where you have Tadasio in his Chelsea shirt, smiling and happy because he won stuff. And then you've got him in his Sunderland shirt where he looks quite depressed and sad because he's not winning stuff anymore. Um, but I'm super happy to welcome this coffee back for what must be its sixth year now. Um, it comes from the area of Canton Uinese, which is a municipality of Carinavi, where lots and lots of farms can be found. Um, there are lots and lots of variations of uh, Canton Uinese as well. And that's why we've nailed it down to, uh, to um, Tadasio and having a name on it. Um, this is a super small lot coming from just 6,000 plants on two hectares of land and it's a mixture of Katayi uh, uh, and Katura varietals. Um, and Tadasio has one hectare of land that he keeps for uh, natural forest because he believes that it's really important to look after the, uh, the fauna and uh, nature of the area. And then he has uh, another hectare where he has his own little house on it where he lives with his wife and two children. Um, he is planting a new area on the farm, which was just kind of scrubland, which is cleared off. Um, and we should start seeing that come through uh, in the very, very near future. Uh, as I said, we've been working with Tadasio now for what must be six years. Um, and he's unusual in Karanavi as he processes much of the coffee uh, on the farm, um, which is really exciting. He has his own depulper. He removes the cherry and he washes it um, and then uh, leaves it in an anaerobic dry fermentation for 16 hours and then runs it through his pulper again, which has scrubbers on it to remove the mucilage. Um, and then he transfers the coffee uh, to his own African raised beds that he has, uh, where he drives it for around about 12 days or so, depending on the temperatures uh, in the area. Now, the reason that's unusual is most people will deliver the coffee to the mill and let the mill take over. Um, but where Tadasio is, it's quite remote and it's quite difficult to get taxis down with the cherries every day. So he realised if he did it himself, he didn't have to spend as much money on taxis because they send the cherries in bags down in a taxi. A taxi that me and you would get in in the night is full of coffee cherries. Um, I was talking to the exporter about Tadasio's picking methods and um, he ex they were explaining to me that the family use a method called Arne, which is um, basically picking properly, looking for the most mature fruits um, and sending people to do lots of runs through the farm all the time. Not picking the ones that aren't quite ready, maybe going back two or three days later to pick the ones that are a little bit more ready later. 
Um, and the reason he can do this is it's basically picked between family members. There's about eight to ten of them that will pick the coffee. Um, and he can be a little bit more demanding with them because he knows that if he is more demanding, he can sell his coffee as specialty. Uh, the cup profile improves and he gets a relationship where he can sell um, to somebody uh, like me. And Tadasio is just as passionate about proving his cup quality um, as he is about Sunderland, or maybe about Chelsea, but as he is about football. Okay, so this is going to be a cupping, um, and I just, I think it's the best way to explore the flavours of this coffee. Because the, the main notes are very obvious. So I want you to think milk chocolate, malted milk biscuit. And if you drink a cup of it, you will just go, yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's not very complicated, not very complex. But actually, when you cup it, there's a real distinct red currant on it. And it's super distinct. Um, we've had a lot of Bolivians over the last few months. Um, it's that time of year where you know, you're waiting for the Centrals and Bolivias and Brazils are here and we've been doing lots of them. But this for me, when you drink it as a coffee, tastes like lots of the others, but when you actually cup it on its own, you really do get that red currant flavour coming through and a really kind of crisp acidity, um, which disappears when you brew it as a cup. So get 12 grams, stick it in a little bowl, give it four minutes, break the crust, clear it off, taste it, delish. So we're gonna be talking about this little place here called Bolivia. Uh, this little place here happens to be one of my most favorite places in the world. And it's interesting because um, Bolivia is a landlocked country. Um, it is the highest and most isolated country in South America. Uh, and it has the largest proportion of indigenous people who make up two thirds of the population. Um, the country has the second largest reserves of natural gas in South America, but there's been a long running tension over the exploitation um, and export of the resource. Indigenous groups say that the country should not relinquish control of the reserves, um, which they see as Bolivia's sole remaining natural reserve. Uh, Bolivia is also one of the world's largest coca producers, the raw material for cocaine. Uh, at a population of 11 million people, it remains one of the poorest countries in the world. Mr. Morales, the uh, president, uh, his political ide ideology combines standard left-wing ideas with an emphasis on traditional indigenous Andean values and concepts of social organization. By the middle of 2006, he had reorganized Bolivia's oil and gas industries. Um, and with that gas money, uh, Morales' administration invested heavily in public works, projects and social programs to fight poverty which reduced by 25% during his government, uh, and extreme poverty dropped by 43%. There's an awful lot of bad press about Morales um, and, uh, and his policies, but this is one of his success stories. Okay, so let's see whether this is true, whether I don't get the red currant when it's brewed. It's probably just gonna prove me wrong right now and be there, but I really do need to cup this to find the red currant normally. And it's there, <laughs> again, to prove me wrong, but it's much more delicate. If you do it on the cupping, you will definitely see it much more clearly. What I'm tasting mainly in this is, think, you, you know you can get the chocolate malted milk biscuits. Like, you can smell the malt, you can smell the chocolate. It's those little, they got, I think they've got pictures of horses on them or something, on the back, or some kind of farmyard animal. Maybe cows, I think it's cows. Um, but malted milk cow biscuits, that's what this tastes of. 
Um, and if you really, really, really look, you will see the red current, but you really have to look at it. Uh, and please do, let me know what you think. Um, I, I feel it's there, but I'm, I'm willing for you to be wrong. It's okay. Um, thank you very much for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. Tadasio Mamani, some base notes.